What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the Locked On Nitty Lines podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Friday, November 1st, 2019. I'm your host, Kevin McGuire. Happy to have you here with me as we continue to talk about Penn State football on a daily basis. We do new shows every Monday through Friday, even during the bye week, and we are wrapping up the bye week right now for Penn State. We'll get back into our regularly scheduled look ahead to the upcoming game starting on Monday's episode. But we have a lot to get into today to round out the week been a fun week hopefully you've enjoyed it if you have enjoyed it please consider subscribing in your favorite podcasting app such as itunes google play spotify stitcher we're on iHeartRadio, and so many more podcast apps so whatever you use to listen to podcasts please consider giving us a subscription and if you want to help support us a little bit more you can leave a rating and a review not only do we appreciate the feedback but we do really do appreciate the opportunity to get some better placement in some of those podcasting apps to help spread the word about the podcast and bring in some more listeners that are penn state fans and want to get a daily penn state fix you can follow us on Twitter as well at Locked On Nittany. Head on over to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Locked On Nittany. We have lots of stuff that will be coming up on the Twitter page and the Facebook page as we get back into next week's regularly scheduled format and leading up to next week's game between Penn State and Minnesota. So what do we have in today's episode? Well, I finally got a chance to watch the HBO 24-7 college football series. I'm going to talk about that in my first segment. And then in our second segment, we're going to continue our in-season rewind to talk about some of the games that we didn't get a chance to cover on the podcast since they happened before we officially relaunched this page. And in our third and final segment of the week and of this episode, I will take a look at head to what's coming up in the month of November but you can look forward to as far as Penn State is concerned as this is going to be a very interesting month for the Nittany Lions. So with all that out of the way, let's get started with today's episode. Few would argue that HBO has a pretty solid reputation when it comes to their sports coverage. They do a fantastic job putting together documentaries to take you behind the scenes of how different teams operate from various sports. They've done it with hockey. They've done it with the NFL. Very successful with the Hard Knocks series of programs that they do where they take you behind the scenes for one specific NFL team every year. They do this on a regular basis every season along. And it's pretty cool to get that inside look and see just how different things are behind closed doors than they're initially perceived from the common standpoint of a fan or someone in the media just watching and observing. So when I found out that Penn State was going to be featured in the 24-7 college football series, I was pretty excited. I was very curious to see how James Franklin was running his program behind scenes that we don't typically get a chance to see. Penn State, like a number of other college football programs, is pretty good about opening up practices on a regular schedule to the media so they can get a chance to see what's going on at practice. Of course, it's only for a limited time before they kick everybody out, and then they probably get to the good stuff. And that's probably where these HBO cameras were rolling when they were in State College to film their program for Penn State, which was pretty cool to see. But what I was most interested in and what I was most fascinated by in the series was just how James Franklin and Penn State contrast to what Herm Edwards and Arizona State are doing or Mike Leach and Washington State, how they operate their program, run their program. We obviously expected that there were going to be some differences. And I think that that's one of the main takeaways from this series. And it was actually kind of their closing thought, too, as the program wrapped up with their episode on Washington State. All four of these programs have the same ultimate goal of winning winning a conference championship, winning the national championship. 
they may not all be on the same level, but they're all trying to achieve the same goal in the grand scheme of things, while also paying respect to the life of a student athlete. There's a lot that goes into balancing football and academics and just your, your personal connection with everybody attached to your program. And that's what I thought was going to be the coolest thing to see because I'm a big fan of Herm Edwards. I, I think I've made it perfectly clear that I regret some of the doubts that I had about him at Arizona State. And I think that this was one of the programs that was going to give us an opportunity to see how this guy who made his life as an NFL head coach and has been out of coaching for quite some time, how he is continuing to grind himself as he takes over Arizona State, who's having a pretty decent season too. And I think that that was pretty cool to see how he and his staff connect. Obviously, there's a lot of NFL personnel or a lot of people with NFL ties at Arizona State. So they, they're operating with the goal of being able to develop players and get them into the NFL because they know what it takes to be in the NFL. And they've you know, gone through that process. They have been in the NFL for as long as that they have as a staff. They've got a lot of good NFL connections there at Arizona State. Penn State, of course, uh, we all know how James Franklin likes to operate. We all know the one and no mentality, and that's been something that's been very good for Penn State, especially this season, <laughs> which has been a, a real fun season to be covering so far. And, but, and we kind of understood you know, a lot of the things that make James Franklin tick. You know, I think if you follow this team for as long as you probably have and you've been familiar with all the, the quotes that James Franklin says, maybe there wasn't a whole lot new that came out of this, but I think what the big thing was just seeing how this program operates compared to how Mike Leach does his thing. And again, there are some similarities between the programs, but it's very clear that these are different coaching personalities who approach things differently. They're all getting up early. They're all going into the room and they're all filming, uh, watching the film study and everything and putting it into their game plan. But they do have different ways of operating and, and connecting with their players which is pretty cool to see. And I think we only got a small sample of just how much is out there in the world of college football. And I will admit, I didn't see the first episode, which focused on the Florida Gators with Dan Mullen. Uh, that one apparently didn't record on my DVR, but I finally got a chance to get through the other three episodes within the last week. And that's why I'm a little bit late on sharing my thoughts on HBO's 24-7 college football. But, you know, I would love to have seen more of this. I wish it was something that was going to continue a little bit more as the season progressed. And uh, unfortunately, we only got four episodes total and one focusing on each school. But I'll take what I can get. And I thought that was a pretty cool idea. I would like to see HBO kind of go a little bit further like i just said I, I would have liked to see these four programs throughout the season i understand that that's probably asking a lot of these different programs who probably don't want to have the cameras around all season long especially if things are not going well which fortunately for all four of these programs things are going pretty well maybe not so much for washington state but i feel like it would have been pretty cool to see how these programs were continuing to evolve how they're coaching up their players during different moments of, of adversity. Penn State, of course, is undefeated. Arizona State has been, uh, you know, been a pretty interesting team to keep following up and keep you tabs on. Florida's getting ready for a big game this weekend against Georgia. And, of course, Washington State has had a couple troubles, which they got a chance to highlight during the, that episode, the fourth episode of the series. So we all know that HBO does have hard knocks for the NFL. And, again, that's something that continues a little bit longer. And I would... I would be interested to seeing if they could apply the same kind of idea to a, a college football team. Now we do have options 
out there. I know the Big Ten Network has a pretty good show with the journey, so you can get that fixed. But it would be pretty cool to see HBO get a chance to expand on this a little bit more. And I'd be very curious, and I would be ready to watch it regardless of what program they're following. Let me know what you guys thought about it. Did you watch the 24-7 college football on HBO? Uh, did you watch just the Penn State episode? Did you watch some of the other episodes? Let me know what you thought about how Penn State compares to Arizona State and Washington State. Or if you got a chance to watch the Florida episode, unlike me, let me know which, how you thought about uh, Dan Mullen and what he's doing in Florida. I thought it was pretty cool. I would watch it again, and I would watch more of these episodes if they decide to do it again in the future. All right, stay tuned because in the next segment, I'm going to talk about a couple games that Penn State played earlier this season that we didn't get a chance to talk about on this podcast because we relaunched the podcast after these games were played. So we're going to continue our in-season rewind with a look at Penn State's wins against Buffalo and Pitt coming up in the next segment. This is the Locked On Nittany Alliance podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Nittany, and we are a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we got pretty much every team covered, NBA, NHL, NFL. Your team is out there. We've got a show out there for you on the network. Make sure you go check it out. Go seek it out. Subscribe to it in addition to this and make it a part of your daily routine. All right, guys, talking about erectile health dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves saying things like, I lost my mojo, or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work, or sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it. With a real doctor who can prescribe real medication, it's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. The doctor will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. Just go to GetRoman.com locked to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com locked for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com slash locked it may be a little bit difficult to remember or maybe you just simply don't want to remember but penn state was in a real dogfight at home and back in week two against the buffalo bulls this is a buffalo team that's been one of the better teams in the mac over the last couple of years and so it wasn't really a surprise that they came into penn state with an experienced roster that was not exactly intimidated by taking on Penn State. Remember, they saw what Appalachian State did to them last year in Happy Valley, so they felt like they had a decent chance to at least play with a Penn State team that was still kind of finding itself offensively, at least at the start of the game. Even though Penn State scored 79 points the week before against Idaho, Buffalo was a much better team than Idaho, and they knew that coming in. So they knew that there was probably something that they could do to maybe cause a little bit of uh, frustration for Penn State early on. Now, Penn State got off to an early 7-0 lead against Buffalo, and things were looking pretty good, but the offense just went into its uh, old little stale self and just kind of shut down and credit Buffalo for some of that. But this was uh, the early indication that Penn State's offense was – Still going to be finding some guys, finding their roles, and until they did, it was going to take some time for the cohesion to come together. And against a Buffalo team that came in the way that they did this season, that wasn't exactly a great spot for this Penn State team to be in. Penn State gave up 10 points in the second quarter. Things were looking pretty bleak. Buffalo was going into halftime, leading number 15 Penn State in Beaver Stadium in Week 2, and already there was a, there were some level of panic by some out there and there was a lot of uh, opening uh, eyebrows raising around the country looking at these scores just wondering 
Could Penn State be going down at home to this Buffalo team? No more Trace McSorley. Clearly, the Sean Clifford quarterback transition is going to be a little bit of rough. That's the halftime take at that game. And I think if you go back and look at the game, there were probably a lot of people that were sweating a little bit more than they anticipated. Remember, this is a primetime game that Fox was getting, and this was had all the makings for a potential upset, or at least a game that was going to go down to the wire where Penn State was going to have to bail it out just like they did against Appalachian State a year ago in the season opener. Fortunately for Penn State, <laughs> they came out of the second half, or they came out of the halftime ready to play in the second half. So there must have been a really good message delivered at halftime by James Franklin or the, the team captains or the assistant coaches uh, because Penn State came out on fire in the second half to get started. So Penn State put together 28 points in the third quarter only Buffalo, only Buffalo points was a field goal. So here's what happened here. So Penn State comes out of the, the half. They get John Reed, a 36-yard interception return for a touchdown. So the defense actually is the spark plug here. Gives Penn State an early lead in the third quarter, and then it's all Penn State's offense from there. Pratt Freemuth, 23-yard pass for Sean Clifford a couple minutes later. Uh, after the Buffalo field goal, Noah King gets in the act with a two-yard touchdown run. Pat Fryermuth again, 28-yard pass from Sean Clifford. That's all in the third quarter. Penn State turned a 10-7 halftime deficit into a 35-13 lead going into the fourth quarter. And I think a lot more people were feeling pretty good about what had just occurred for Penn State. So there was some question. Was this a kind of a Penn State team that was looking past Buffalo up to the next game against Pittsburgh? Because that would make sense. Pitt is kind of the rival that people are going to get excited about. But we all know this one and no mentality that James Franklin likes to drill into his players. You do wonder sometimes, you know, if it's landing with everybody, especially early in the season with some players that are still kind of developing into those lead role characters. A lot of young players on the offense here for Penn State really came into their own in that second half against Buffalo. And that was going to have to carry over. That was going to have to carry over for a game against Pittsburgh, which was going to be the last game in the series to date. We all know that this is the final meeting for the foreseeable future because there are no plans right now to have this series continue beyond this season. And so there was a lot of pride riding on this one. Remember, this is a four-game renewal of the series that started three years ago. And Pitt won the first one. Penn State won the, the last two. So this was for the bragging rights. You, you can either split this four-game renewal and Pitt leaves for the who knows how long having the upper hand on the head-to-head -head matchup, which you know would be uh, some good recruiting material and bragging material for years to come for who knows how long. Or Penn State could uh, slam the door shut on the series and take a 3-1 victory in this four-game series. And once again, this was going to be a defense battle. Remember a couple years ago when Pittsburgh came into Penn State, it was kind of a, a game clock management kind of game for Pittsburgh. And that's what they needed to do in order to hang with Penn State and beat Penn State. Now, this is a Penn State offense that was still kind of uh, – still feeling things out a little bit. And this was their biggest defensive test because honestly, Pittsburgh's defense was the best defense that Penn State faced early in the season. And it was not a great performance by Sean Clifford. If you look at completions and attempts, only 14 to 30, but it was for 222 yards, no interceptions, but no touchdowns. So this is a game about the running game. And this is where Journey Brown comes up with 109 yards. Noah King gets a touchdown. Devin Ford gets a touchdown. And, of course, Ricky Slade once again had the uh, the low rushing production, which 
completely blindsided me. I totally missed and swung and missed on that one heading into the season. I thought Ricky Slade was going to be the, the runaway guy, but you know the first three games of the season showed that this is a running back by committee style offense, and that seemed to be suiting Penn State all right. Once again, the defense was the story here. Penn State shuts out Pittsburgh in the first quarter. They do take a 7-0 lead into the second quarter. But Pitt takes a takes a little bit of a stab at this Penn State team. Gets 10 points in the second quarter. Game goes into halftime tied at 10-10. And then Penn State's defense shuts things down in the second half. Penn State gets a touchdown in the third quarter and has to hang on. The Penn State offense wasn't able to have a whole tremendous amount of success against the Panthers. And Pitt had a chance to potentially tie the game. They had a they had the ball knocking on the doorstep of the end zone in the fourth quarter. Not a whole lot of time left, but sort of enough time if they wanted to kick the field goal, they could, but they had to make it. And for the life of me, I still can't figure this out because Pittsburgh was perfect on fourth down all game long. They had the they had kind of the momentum going. It seemed like Penn State's defense was wearing down a little bit. And in that situation, down 17 to 10 with not a whole lot of time left in the fourth quarter, that was an opportunity for Pittsburgh to knock it in from the goal line. And Pat Narduzzi decided to kick the field goal. Why? Because he needed two scores to win. Well, I'm thinking two scores to win means a touchdown and a two-point conversion, which I felt like was a pretty decent chance of happening if Pittsburgh did decide to go for the touchdown. But they didn't, and Penn State held on because the Pitt field goal backfired on Narduzzi. The ball clanks off the end zone or the goalpost, and uh, yeah, so Penn State wins 17-10 to and takes the series victory 3-1 to in that four-game renewal, improving to 3-0. Pitt drops the one and two on the season at that point, but they come back in their next game and stun UCF. So all of a sudden that win against Pittsburgh looked a little bit better. And then as the season goes along, it doesn't look all that great because Pitt's been up and down and who knows what's going to happen in that ACC coastal edition, coastal division. But I think that it was a good win for Penn state because the defense once again, set the tone, slammed the door shut on their opponent and moved on. So three games in the season, all three games that we missed on the podcast originally resulted in wins. And the theme was running back by committee and defense. And of course, Sean Clifford had some highlights too, with KJ Hamler getting in the mix. But it has been a running back by committee and a defensive uh, football program really for the most part of the season. And I know, like I said, Sean Clifford is having some big numbers and some big performances. But the, the, the story of the success for this season so far has been the play of the defense and the running back by committee. And I'm not so sure that that's going to change. (gasps) It must be the first of the month, new billboard day. That's right. It is new billboard day, which means it is the first day of a new month. And this just happens to be the last month of the regular season for college football, or at least the majority of the final batch of the regular season. And it's going to be a big one. It is every November. November is the crunch time for a college football season because we have division races coming down to the wire. We have the conference championship games on the horizon. And of course, the playoff picture is going to begin to be painted by the selection committee. So what are we looking forward to in the month of November? 
Well, of course, it's going to start with a lot of teams on bye weeks this week, including Penn State, Ohio State, I think Wisconsin and Iowa are both off. We discussed this in yesterday's podcast when we ran through the Big Ten schedule. There wasn't really a whole lot to talk about. And the same was true for the top 25 with teams like Alabama and LSU off. They'll be getting ready for their number one versus number two matchup next weekend. So what are we looking forward to as far as the rest of this month is concerned? If you're a Penn State fan, you know the big games on the schedule. you got the road game at Minnesota and the road game at Ohio State. And odds are, if all goes according to expectations, that Ohio State game is going to be the big one. <laughs> the, the division could very well be decided that day in Columbus, Ohio. And with that could come a very significant impact on the college football playoff picture for Penn State and, of course, Ohio State. So we have a lot to get to before we get to that Ohio State game. But my goodness, this month of November could be very big for Penn State. Again, if they take care of business. So what are we looking forward to? Well, first of all, this coming Tuesday, we're going to get our first batch of the college football playoff rankings. That'll be their first chance to see where the selection committee views Penn State compared to some of the other playoff contenders that are out there. I've already said on this podcast this week that I think number five is very likely, but I would not be shocked if Penn State sneaks in at number four. I'm very curious to see how the data points weigh and counterbalance each other. I think Penn State has the defensive stats. I think they have the the notable wins that some of the other teams are lacking. And, of course, I believe that the offense is probably the biggest question mark, where, where the offensive data points lay uh, that could potentially hold Penn State back compared to teams like Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State, and LSU. And admittedly so, that is the part where Penn State is separated from those other teams at this point in the season. But we're going to get our first glimpse as to how the selection committee is evaluating the season. And that's going to really forecast where the rest of the month could potentially go. We all know a road trip to Minnesota is a dangerous spot to be in coming off a of bye week. Both teams coming off a of bye week. But Penn State certainly has the advantage when it comes to the defensive death. And I think that that's going to be a big thing for them because Minnesota's offense has been playing well. But if, if Penn State can get out of Minnesota with a win, They'll come back to Happy Valley. They'll be 9-0. and And then they're going to be taking on an Indiana team, which I think could potentially be in the top 25 by the time that that game comes around. Indiana is going to get a bye week to prepare for that game. But this weekend, they have Northwestern. And everybody's been picking on Northwestern. And the way that Indiana's been playing, no reason to, ex- to expect Indiana to lose that game against the Wildcats. So Indiana could very well be coming to Penn State with a 7-2 and record. And with Appalachian State losing Thursday night, uh, there is a spot in the top 25 that's going to be opening up. So if Indiana can take care of Northwestern, I think Indiana's got a decent chance to grab that uh, top 25 spot that's going to be uh, vacant coming this weekend. And that doesn't even take into consideration other potential top 25 vacancies that could open up. So I think Indiana should be in a very good spot. And who knows what happens in the bye week. Indiana could move up in the polls without even playing it down before they get to Penn State. But the bottom line is Indiana could eventually look like a quality opponent if they're in the top 25. And if Iowa and Michigan continue to win some games, they're going to stay ranked too. So that's all good news for Penn State. And again, assuming that Penn State beats Minnesota, Minnesota is still probably going to be in the top 25. So that's another ranked opponent that could come into play here. So things are starting to look pretty good for Penn State right now. And that that could help even if they lose the game at Ohio State. We'll, we'll see how that all plays out. But, of course, that Ohio State showdown uh, you know, on November 23rd 
I think we're going to be looking forward to that game all month long. Uh, we can do that. Penn State and James Franklin, they, they have to go with that one to no mentality every week. But, you know, as people observing this program and talking about this program, we can look ahead. And it's okay to do that because this is an exciting time right now and things could be happening. <laughs> we'll see. And of course, the regular season, regardless of what happens at Ohio State, the regular season should end with a big home win uh, in a blowout fashion because Rutgers is coming in for the regular season finale. And no matter what happens against Ohio State, that should be a nice way to close out the season at home for Penn State because Rutgers is just uh, going through the motions at this point. They're losing players to the transfer portal. They're obviously a program that's ready to turn the page, bring in whoever that new head coach is going to be. We'll see if they have a head coach. By that time, obviously that coach won't be coaching that game, but we'll see if Rutgers has made any progress on their coaching search moving forward, seeing where that program goes. But Rutgers is just a complete mess right now, and Penn State should absolutely dominate them to close out the regular season. And we'll see what happens from there. Could they be playing in the Big Ten Championship game? I don't think it's that far out of the question, although I still think it'll be Ohio State. But they are certainly in position to be going into one of those New Year's Six Bowl games. And of course, if Ohio State's in the playoff, that opens up a spot in the Rose Bowl for a Big Ten team. And an 11-1 Penn State team at the end of the year with all those quality wins on paper, they'd be going to the Rose Bowl. So Penn State's in a really good spot here. Big games still to come, though. Can't take Minnesota or Indiana lightly. It's not all about Ohio State at this point, although uh, there could be a lot decided in that Ohio State game. But it's going to be a fun month, guys. It's going to be a fun month, and we're going to be here with you all month long to talk about it every Monday through Friday right here on Locked On Nittany Lions. And that's going to do it for this episode. That's going to do it for this week. Guys, thank you so much. It's been a blast. It's been a joy to be doing this podcast now for a month. We got our first month officially in the books, and I could not be happier with it. I know some episodes have been a little bit rougher at times, and I actually recorded a bunch of this episode while there was a tornado warning outside late at night. So that's why this podcast is getting up a little bit later than it typically does, but it should be here for you the majority of Friday. And of course, we'll return to the podcast on Monday with a look forward to what's going to come up next week. Lots of stuff to talk about with the Minnesota Golden Gophers coming up on the schedule. Make sure you're subscribed to this podcast in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, whatever podcast app you use. Please leave a rating and review. Give us your feedback. Let us know what you think about the show moving forward. You can also follow us on Twitter at LockedOnNittany. Hop on over to Facebook.com slash LockedOnNittany. And, of course, I'm Kevin McGuire. You can give me a follow on Twitter as well at KevinOnCFB. I'm a contributor to AthlonSports.com and College Football Talk on NBCSports.com. So make sure you check out the game previews I have on this Football Friday for a couple of the games that are coming up this weekend. And you can also see my ongoing coverage during the day, usually on Saturdays. I'm on for a 12-hour shift plus on College Football Talk. So we'll be talking some college football all day long. And, of course, we'll be staying connected with you guys on Twitter and Facebook and all that good stuff. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Thank you for listening all throughout this week and this past month. It's been a blast. I look forward to doing another month because it's going to be a fun month here in November. Thanks for listening, guys. Until next time, have a great weekend. Stay safe, and I'll talk to you Monday.